With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they show it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna... What is up, Bills Mafia? Happy Monday. Happy football season. I am Matt Perino. He is Ryan Talbot. This is a live edition of the Shout uh, football podcast covering your Buffalo Bills. And today was today was a big one, Ryan. We were out at a bunch of media members were out uh, in Orchard Park. Uh, finally, after I think it's been football activities, the last time I was actually in Orchard Park, which would have been the last practice right before they went to Houston. I think I did the math and it's just about eight months ago. And so, uh, I mean, just getting back out there and seeing actual football again, that in and of itself was amazing, but it's just like, you could tell like the energy a little bit got dialed up today uh, on Bill's Twitter. When finally, you know, a video of Stefan Diggs, video of Josh Norman, uh, Josh Allen. I I'm pretty sure the bills, uh, tweeted out a video from, uh, from practice, but I feel like the energy is starting to, you know, kick up a bit. Oh, I think energy across the board is kind of picking up, whether it's the fan base, whether it's the players, even the media, you know, before practice, Sean McDermott, uh, after practice, there were some pressures as well. And then obviously during you and the other media members did a really nice job uh, keeping everyone up to date. But why don't you get us started there, Matt? Tell us a little bit about what day one was like from the media perspective. Yeah, I mean, it was it's interesting. So right off the bat, I want to explain to you guys a little bit about the differences uh, about covering Bill's training camp this year. Obviously, we're starting. I wrote in my observations that are live now at the site, Syracuse.com, New York Upstate. It's weird to write day one observations on August 17th. Like, it just feels like, man, dude, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm showing up to school after the school year already started. You know what I mean? But it, it, for all intents and purposes, the Bills have been out at it the last couple of weeks. You know, uh, the early ramp up phase, uh, albeit not pads, which started today. Um, but, but before I get to what the day was like. It's going to be different this year because with no preseason games, the NFL 
when they released their protocols, they basically told teams that, you know, you can restrict the media a little bit more in training camp this year than in years past. past. So that means when it comes to uh, videotaping uh, in practice, what parts of practice you can videotape. Now, in most training camp uh, practices, you can only tape the beginning portion. So that's kind of similar, but no live tweeting at all once that period ends. So we're talking about the team portion of practice, the 11 on 11, the seven on seven, a lot of that kind of work. You're not allowed to tweet during that period. And also um, you can't give strategy type uh, things away. So whether it's indicating depth chart, I know a lot of people probably want to know where did Cody Ford line up? Uh, First team, second team, third team. We can't really get into that this year because, you know, the, the way things are going, you know, teams around the league, depending on who you talk to and who you cover, they want to restrict some of this stuff to give themselves a competitive advantage. It's kind of a bummer, I think, for fans uh, who have been just chomping at the bit to dive into this roster and and start really going through those depth chart possibilities. Um, But what we can do is talk about what I saw out there. I put up eight observations, uh, quick ones up at the site. Uh, I'm going to get into some more detail as we go along in days, but I noted it a little bit. It was a strange day out there because you walk, you get to the facility, you what we, instead of going into the building now, we have to park on the side of the practice field. They open up a gate, you walk in, um, and, and, and then you kind of, you know, for most of the media, you have to sit right in the middle of the two fields, uh, in the end zone, kind of back away from everything. So really, you're kind of just scanning field to field. And I feel like for the first 20 to 30 minutes of practice, it it really was different because we usually can go all the way around the track that goes around both fields. And and to be limited in that way, it kind of changed the way you watch practice a little bit. You got to kind of you know get your bearings. So I think that the coverage will get a little bit more in-depth as we move along in terms of how guys are, are looking. But I will say some parts of practice – I'm looking down on the other end of the field, uh, you know, trying to see, you know, what's happening, you know, when they're running through some 11 on 11, maybe the, you know, there's, there's, there's one, uh, package of reps going on here and then another behind that and the visions kind of impeded wait who was that player there who caught that ball so there's uh who ran it out of the backfield there's some of those questions happening um but like i said and like what like we've been talking about for weeks it's just so good to be back out there and to know that i think fans are going to get um professional football again in a couple weeks here you know the season is you know 27 days away i believe so a lot of exciting things to talk about Oh, absolutely. So it, it sounds like fans are going to have to wait until the Bills release their first unofficial depth chart to kind of get an idea of some strategic parts of it. But in terms of what you can tell us, let, let's start with the big, the, the main player that fans are, are talking about, Josh Allen. What did you think of Josh Allen day one of padded practice? I, I saw a lot of positive tweets from the media members about him, one saying he was excellent or outstanding. So what did you think of Josh Allen today? So there, I thought he was really good today. And I think that based on you know what we're doing here and where kind of everything is at this stage after no spring practices, um, you know, they get, we're able to get together a little bit uh, this summer, uh, the workouts in Florida, a couple other workouts that Josh Allen has had, but for all intents and purposes, I mean, you know, this, this is something that you know, they're kind of hitting the ground running today after like, you know, a week or two weeks of, of walkthroughs and, and kind of slow practices. So I thought he looked good. Now there was a couple balls where you're like, 
that kind of looked like some of the old uh, Josh Allen stuff. You know what I mean? Whether it be protection breaking down, um, you know, throwing kind of over the middle, a little bit off target. Uh, but if you take the whole body of work, just, you know, in terms of his accuracy, putting the ball on guys, I thought that he did a really good job from that perspective. I thought most throws that he made today, maybe there was two that I could think of. I think one was the Cole Beasley that was totally over his head. And another one, I can't remember who the target was for the other one, but it was just a, a misfire. Everything was in the, the 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 catchable range, if you will. And so I think that's a good thing. And, you know, my number one observation, the deep ball. Josh Allen finishes practice going downfield on a, just a beautiful ball to John Brown. And it's one of those balls that you're like, okay, you see it traveling in the air. If it's catchable, the only person that can catch it is John Brown. And he makes the catch. And, you know, Josh Allen talked about this last week on the Zoom call about how much time he spent this offseason working on the long ball. And I think that, you know, it's just one throw in one practice. But it's it's something that if you're a Bills fan, I think you have to be so excited about. I think the only thing that would have made it even more exciting would have been if it was Stefan Diggs on the other end of it going against Trey White. But to me, John Brown catching it going against Trey White really tells you that it's like, man, this number one, this is so interchangeable. I think uh, opposing teams are going to really have to make a choice. Who do I want to try to stop? And, you know, a further observation was from practice today with Stefan Diggs is just he's so effortless. Everything that Stefan Diggs does, you're just like, man, it, I think there was one completion where it was just a quick uh, in route. And Josh Allen found him. It wasn't a, a hard throw or anything, but you know those are the kind of plays that we've talked about all offseason. You know, Stephon Diggs could be a difference maker in those kinds of um, situations where you just get the ball in his hands and let him work. But you got to tell me now, what have you been laughing about? You've been you've had this little smirk on your face for the past minute. Oh, j just the the photo. I luckily I did take a picture of it on my phone. I'll send it to you after the show. It was good. It was really good. Nice. Uh, perfect nice. time to freeze. But, you know, you're right, though, with the Diggs and the John Brown part, because John Brown had a career year last year being Josh Allen's number one wide receiver, going against the top cornerbacks on opposing teams. This year, he's going to go against number twos a lot of the time because number ones are going to have Diggs one-on-one. -on -one. So while I think that Diggs is the guy that can really turn this offense into something special, I, Brown could have another huge year, especially based on matchups as we go on. Now, flipping over to the other side of the ball, Matt, were, were, were there any players on defense that caught your eye today? I mean, still throughout practice, you just sit, th sit there and marvel at Tredavious White. I mean, you know, obviously he got beat on the deep ball by John Brown, but every other moment in pra practice, whether it was the one-on-ones or, um, you know, the 11 on 11 stuff, he's just so dominant. And it's, it's not something that you got to really try hard to see, which I think is just, you know, it's not surprise surprising at this point for any bills fan, but, um, you know, uh, not really in terms of defense. I mean, uh, we saw Josh Norman out there. He made a couple plays uh, in the one-on-ones. It was, it was interesting. I mean, he was battling quite a bit. Uh, the physicality was definitely ratcheted up uh, when, when he was on the opposite side of whoever he was going against. So that'll be fun to see um, what's going on there. It's interesting to see, you, know, you, you put up an early morning story about the early injury report here with the bills. Uh, if you're, if you weren't, if you didn't hear yet, Levi Wallace, dealing with a bit of a sore back, which, you know, Sean McDermott didn't really expand upon that. We didn't, weren't able to kind of figure out exactly what he's dealing with, but if he's going to be out, 
you know, a couple weeks here or days even, I mean, that really even furthermore gives the advantage to uh, Josh Norman as he tries to win that cornerback two job. Uh, if, if Levi Wallace isn't on the field, you know, he can't, uh, he can't really try to win that job. So we'll track that over the coming days. Um, you know, got our first look at, uh, Vernon Butler out there. Quentin Jefferson kind of was all over the place and Harrison Phillips, who, you know, we got to talk, hear from him. Uh, he did a post post game press conference and we're going to talk to, uh, I'm going to write up a story. Uh, check that out on the site later today on that, but you could just see him beaming and the joy in his face. It, 330 days. It's been since he was last on a football field when he got, uh, had to get helped off in against Cincinnati. So, you know, you could just see the excitement. And one thing that really popped for me from, from Harrison Phillips press conference today is, you know, the leadership that, that he's assuming, not only with, you know, you think Lorenzo Alexander has gone, who are going to be some of the leaders that step up. Uh, then Starla Tulele is a guy that opts out. You know, those are two big leaders from last season. Harrison Phillips is assuming a lot of that. He said, you know, during uh, some of the early OTA like practices, you know, when he noticed, which is completely normal, some guys taking having some mental errors, like, you know, you know, just some, 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 uh, you know, just mistakes on plays. He was the guy to reel him back in and said, listen, I understand this is like an OTA practice. You, you make mistakes in OTAs, but we're a month away, a little over a month away from games. We've got to lock it in, dial in. And so this is a guy that, you know, took Ed Oliver under his wing last year, even as Ed Oliver was projected to be the starter and the you know big time first round pick. He's got a lot of confidence as a leader. And, you know, as long as that leg holds up, he said he felt great today. Uh, he's could be a big piece, a big part of what they're trying to do on on defense and for this team as a whole. Oh, w without a doubt. Now you, you've mentioned Ed Oliver's name a few times, and he was another player that Sean McDermott mentioned this morning, uh, dealing with a hip issue. He said or a hip injury of some kind. So you know maybe that had a had something to do with the Bills signing two defensive tackles on mm -hmm. Sunday. Um, we, we don't really know the extent of those two injuries. Obviously, the other two that he mentioned, John Feliciano. Uh, who we've known for a while is going to be out there about that eight to 12 week time frame. Uh, and Tommy Sweeney, who has some sort of foot injury that we're, you know, we're not quite sure of to my knowledge. So what about the non-contact injury or the, the two players in the non-contact uh, jerseys today? So we had Voshan Joseph and rookie Isaiah Hodgins, correct? Yes. And uh, to be honest, I didn't notice uh, Voshan Joseph uh, really all that much. I, um, Tyrell Dotson continues to look impressive to me. He's a guy that, uh, well, I can't tell you where he played or how he played. I can tell you, um, or where he played. I can tell you how he played and, and he just looks fast. He looks so comfortable out there. It's, it's more of the same. We were talking about it with Sal Capaccio the other night on the show. He's a guy that just like he, his football IQ seems so high. I'm so excited to talk to Bob Babbage at some point this season, hopefully about him, especially if he ends up making this roster. Um, and even furthermore, we heard from, I believe it was Heath Farwell or, and Leslie Frazier. I think one of them spoke about it. You know, these depth um, linebackers, they're going to have to make, you know, so, some, some ends meet on special teams and they're going to have to contribute there. And it'll be interesting to watch to see who really takes the, the lead in some of this uh, going forward. Isaiah Hodgins, is an absolute monster. Okay. If you see that guy lining up on, uh, you know, for instance, if he was on the other team and he was lining up in the slot against Aaron Johnson, it's just an absolute mismatch. He's so big. He's physical. Uh, I think Gabe Davis is actually even more physical. I think Gabe Davis, you know, will rival Stefan Diggs in terms of who's the most physical receiver on this team. 
Uh, there was one play in the one-on-ones where they were just doing like a, you know, warm-up uh, blocking drill where they were running the ball and one guy would come out and block a, a defensive player and Gabe Davis just steamrolled Josh Norman, like steamrolled him and looked like it was like, a, you know, a tight end on a cornerback for a moment there. And so, you know, he's got some speed. He's got some ability to make plays down the field, but he's also that physical presence can line up in, in different spots of the of the formation. Although I, I really can't tell you where he lined up today obvious, for obvious reasons, but I didn't really even, even notice it. They were running through practice really fast today. It was a really crisp practice. Um, which, you know, is no surprise with the way the Sean McDermott's runs thing and how things have gone uh, over the years here. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see if where things go with Isaiah Hodgins and how much he works because, man, Duke Williams, you know, everybody wants to write him off. He is a practice phenom. I mean, the guy, it seems like every time I, I really take notice and watch him play in practice, he makes a play. He made a play today. I can't remember who it was on. Um, it might have been Dane Jackson in the one-on-ones. Like, I can't remember. Uh, who Dane Jackson won one rep in one on one. He had really, really good coverage on a deep ball. I think it was against Robert Foster. Foster should have caught it. I think he dropped it. Um, but I think that, you know, Duke, Duke Williams made a play in one on ones that just reminds me of last year. Let every practice, it seemed like you would make a one handed grab. I feel like the, the video guys were always tweeting out videos of Duke Williams from practice. So, you know, he's going to push Gabe Davis and, and, and even more so uh, Isaiah Hodgins is that big presence. He doesn't play a lot of slot. Um, but he, he makes plays. And I think that's, that's what, you know, guys that make plays in this environment are going to be at an advantage. Yeah. So just touching upon a few things that you mentioned, uh, Marcel Ouijat from ESPN said something along the lines of Gabe Davis looks like a player who's been in an NFL system for about four years in terms of his physicality and his size. Uh, so, you know, I think that's promising, especially knowing the fact that he at best this season will be wide receiver number four. Uh, you don't have to rush him along maybe in like in years past where there's some young younger players that had to see the field more. Uh, and, and in the linebacker position, you mentioned Dodson and, and Joseph. Joseph had, wearing that red uh, non-contact jersey. The depth jobs are up for grabs, whether it's the guys that they currently have on the roster, guys that might get cut across the league. So they, they obviously like Dodson. He had some things going on off the field last year. They stuck with him. They stuck with him all of last year. And if he, if he does play well during this uh, camp and obviously up until the regular season, there's a chance that maybe then he does stick as one of those depth options. And, and Joseph, however, is going to have to do the opposite. He's going to have to get on that field sooner rather than later and, and kind of prove his worth despite being a draft pick. So, you know, that's pretty exciting to think about, though, with um, Gabe Davis, especially going back to the wide receiver position, knowing that he's at least physically built like an NFL wide receiver at this point already in his uh, young career. For sure. For sure. Look at you. That's uh, great. I'm actually sharing uh, the show right now on Twitter. Cause I realized that uh, in my, <laughs> somebody actually did get a screenshot of it and tweeted it. So I got a chance to see oh, it nice. with, with your face looking at my face and it was really, really good stuff. Um, <laughs> no. And in terms of practice today, one other thing that I wanted to get to, and we'll take some questions here. I mean, we got got it really popping in the comments section here, a lot of activity. Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to try to do this uh, maybe once or twice a week. We have a really cool guest this this Wednesday night on the live show, um, 7.30, John Scott from Spectrum News. We're going to talk about all of our collective observations from the week. Uh, Ryan will be with us as always. Uh, and so we'll, we'll dive in even more after, you know, today was a thud up practice where, you know, 
Sean McDermott kind of wanted to take a little bit of the edge off going into the first day of pads, not full contact, but we might see a live session here in the coming days, either, either Tuesday or Wednesday. So we'll track that. Um, but the kicking competition got a nice little uh, look at Tyler Bass today by my count. I know there's a couple numbers floating out there. I counted six of nine. Uh, so what they did is for Tyler Bass, Stephen Hauschka did not kick today. So we'll see if he, if maybe he goes tomorrow and he gets to go through the same uh, type of drill, but they basically lined up and I think about the, a 25 to 30 yard field goal to start. And then they move the ball back each time, nine times. And I think the last kick probably was at about 60 yards. And of course, Tyler Bass put it right through the uprights on, on that one. But I think he went six of nine by my count. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that that's a, a good first look at, at Bass. These are going to be the situations that lead to um, a roster spot for Tyler Bass because there's no games. Uh, a lot of people are asking, how is a rookie going to beat out Steven Hauschka you know, when you don't have any of those you know, real-time game situations to draw from? So early indication or first look at Tyler Bass are good things. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm assuming that even just those longer kicks, the way it sounded coming off of his foot sounded a lot different than, than what you're going to get eventually when you get to Hauschka, who, you know, Hauschka, obviously, if he wants to win this job, he's going to have to prove his accuracy on those balls that are 50 yards and under, because that's pretty much his range at this point in his career. So it'll be interesting to see how he does in that uh, w once the media, I guess, gets to see him kick. So, you know, like you said, though, most things you can't give too many specifics on, but it's nice though that we get some things like the kicker competition. We heard Josh Allen had a really good day. Uh, anyone else maybe on offense that people aren't talking about enough that caught your eye? Um, I think we talked a little bit about it with, you know, with Tommy Sweeney out of the mix, we are probably going to see a little bit more Jason Kroom. And I did notice him out there a few times. Um, uh, can't say where he was, you know, where he was or what team he was, but you know, I noticed him out there and, and that's another thing that, you know, this is a guy that missed most of camp and the preseason last year as he was dealing with the, those nagging injuries. So just availability for a guy like Jason Kroom, who may be pushing a Tommy Sweeney, a Lee Smith at the end of the roster, those can be guys that, you know, could really, you know, you know, make things tough on the coaching staff. Now, uh, rest of the way, Zach Moss, I'm sure everybody wants a, uh, uh, an update on him. He had one really, really physical run and he finished it off. Not a lot of runs today. They really worked the passing game today in practice, even in the, uh, the team sessions. Um, but there was one run that Zach Moss, uh, kind of broke into the second section and unloaded a, a, a helmet, to helmet hit on, uh, Jaquan Johnson, who was game for the contact. I mean, that was not, I, I don't know if I, I was in a position to tell you who won that particular battle, but it was fun to see Zach Moss hit that second level a little bit, show some of the speed and the moves and then the power at the end of it. Um, so he's going to be fun to watch as we move along in this, in this period. I'm still so interested to see like, you know, what that's going to look like when the first game gets here in terms of how they, you know, break up the reps. I mean, you know, we saw, you know, even in the warmups, um, you know, Taiwan Jones back in the mix here, you know, he made a big play as a runner last year. Uh, it was on a catch, but you know, as a guy that on offense against the bills when he was with Houston last season, so he could be a guy that maybe steals some carries early on from, um, cause you know, he's going to be active cause he's going to get, uh, all that special teams time. Uh, we spent some time with, uh, Heath Barwell, and Andre Roberts yesterday, and 
you know, Heath was talking about Taiwan Jones and just, you know, just lauded him and uh, Saran Neal, calling them one of the best, uh, you know, gunner combos in the league. And, you know, that's that's a cool thing. I think it was a Lorenzo Alexander who came in and said he'd rank Saran Neal and Taiwan Jones just below the top group, uh, obviously led by uh, Matthew Slater in New England. So um, there, there's so many, this is a weird year because there's so many cool position battles. I would love to really kind of dive in to all of these, like the specifics on these things. Um, but we really, we just, we just can't at this point. Yeah. And in the comments, I saw someone say Kroom could end up being the number one tight end for the bills. Matthew, uh, I, I don't know if I, you can go that far, no. but you know, people do have to remember a few seasons ago when he was healthy, he did lead the team at the position in receptions. So does he have a shot to stick at the bottom of the roster? Absolutely. If he can stay healthy, like Matt said, it comes down to uh, that availability. And also, you know, one other thing I wanted to talk about was Sean McDermott today before price said everyone was going to be tackling. So what was, what was that like seeing, um, the, the thud up he was talking about, how everyone had to kind of get physical out there, both sides of the ball. Was it, was that a little bit bizarre to see it all? I mean, it, not really, because like I said, it was just so much just getting your bearings at the start of it anyway, to kind of figure out how, the, you know, uh, just the protocols talking to different, um, you know, communication staff members with the bills about protocols. Um, I'm actually in, um, you know, uh, one of the pool reporters in case like they're, you know, the, the practice gets moved inside. There's only a, a select group of us that would go inside to cover it for the entire media base. And so we have to wear these little like ID trackers, like um, the contact tracers, like, like everybody else, because they need to track and trace, you know, if, if you come into contact with the virus, they got to know who you were close to while you were at the facility. So, you know, they're doing all those kinds of things, but the, a lot of that was the housekeeping stuff early on as we were let in and it was just as practice was beginning. So there was a lot of scrambling at the startup. It'll be much more, I think, uh, clear tomorrow, the protocols and how to go through practice, but you know, to, to, to the bills credit, the way that they've run things, you know, they're still learning things throughout this whole process as well. I mean, each new day is a whole new situation that we're all kind of going through in this COVID-19 world. Um, so yeah, it was interesting. I know I, I saw it was Marcel Louis-Jacques that tweeted out the picture of, you know, the offensive lineman getting into some of the tackle drills, which, which wouldn't happen in most years. But I think that the idea there is just to get the physicality, you know, started, you know what I mean? And, and have these guys kind of put their helmets on each other. Harrison Phillips mentioned today that, you know, there was no, uh, you know, easing your way back into football activities. They said, get out there, uh, go get double teamed by a couple 300 pound uh, maulers and, and, and see how that leg holds up. And so, no, I mean, it's, you know, they're just dying to play football. I'm sure that like by this point, you know, you, that mini camp period is so important to kind of at least scratch the itch a little bit. You know what I mean? And now you know, without football for all of these months, like real football, there's so many, and, and, and there's so many things that you want to kind of implement. I mean, you know, you never want to be in a hurry to figure things out, you know, from an offensive perspective, defense in terms of your playbook and building chemistry. But I'm sure for Josh Allen and Tremaine Edmonds, who are welcoming new guys, you know, under their, you know, units, if you will, you know, an AJ Klein, a Stefan Diggs, they want to get out there and see what it looks like with them, you know, run through, um, you know, some plays, some experiences. So I think that today was a big day for that 
to just get out there, take all the the, the months in the classroom and the last couple of weeks of walkthroughs and 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 you know kind of like slower practices and and see how all the pieces fit together. And we'll get a, a clearer idea of that as the weeks go on here. And then just one or two more questions in the comments here. I thought I'd ask you. Uh, some people asking about Christian Wade, fan favorite, TJ Yeldon, and AJ was wondering about uh, Diggs in terms of, I know you have to be careful about what you say, but in terms of, you know, how involved was he in terms of drills where there were defenders on him? Yeah, I don't he, know what you can yeah, no, he had a he had a bunch of plays in team drills uh, or in teamwork 11 on 11 uh, where he was targeted. And I, and I, I don't have the actual uh, countdown how many receptions he had or incompletions on plays where he was targeted, but um, you know he made some plays. Like I mentioned, in the, if you go read my observation, the one real big play was the sideline play, and it's like there's so many elements to his game. I mean, the footwork is just spectacular. The route running is amazing, but then you got to make the play too. You know what I mean? And and he made a really nice one on the sideline. Um, as we were watching him in in, in warmups, he just you know, he just looks different. I just don't think that there is a way that this guy's not targeted 10 times a game this season. I think that he's going to be heavily involved. I think he's going to open up things for other people, but I think there's a way to open things up for other people. And at the same time, still maintain, um, that kind of workload, you know what I mean? And so he looked great and and he, yeah, he made some plays out there. Um, you know, uh, I didn't see a ton of him versus Trey White. So that'll be something to kind of monitor over the next couple of weeks or days here. Uh, those are going to be some fun battles um, once that finally happens. But, you know, I wonder if Josh Norman didn't just say today, hey, I want to cover Stefan Diggs today in practice. You know what I mean? He's a dog, man. He's out there competing. Like, you know, he didn't just put, uh, you know, words to mouth there talking about, you know, how much of a competitor he is and wanting to prove and the chip on his shoulder and all that. It's not just talk. I mean, I think he really wants to do that. So, um, Christian Wade didn't notice him a ton out there today. Uh, uh, again, I'll be able to look a little bit closer in the coming days as we kind of monitor stuff like that, but he's another guy that, you know, is really up against. It's going to be really tough for him to make this roster because a, you know, they got two young guys that, you know, in, uh, Moss and Singletary are going to make this roster. And then TJ Yeldon, who has all that experience, Taiwan Jones, who plays special teams. So I think at the end of the day, um, we're still probably looking at training camp 2021 for the real Christian Wade watch, if you will. Fair enough. Because again, if they really want to, they can stash him on that practice squad as an exempt member, or even if they, if they think he's impressive enough, you could just have him as a member of that 16 man practice squad. So, you know, I think fans though, they're just looking for any kind of information possible. I think you did a great job today giving that information. Uh, so anything else that you want to mention here? No, I mean, um, yeah, I would definitely say um, <laughs> apologies in advance for the lack of live coverage from these practices. I know it's something that's so fun that, you know, I love interacting with you guys on there. And I know I love seeing the excitement when a big video clip pops or, and we'll have a little bit of that in the coming weeks, but you know, this is a different time and a different year and it's about getting to these games and um Hopefully, you know, it, it's not going to be a long lead up here. I mean, we're what, a little over three weeks away and we're going to start uh, uh, covering games. First one against the New York Jets right here in the building, which I will be at in the building. And I believe as well, um, more more info on pregame stuff as, as we go along here. I'm not going to spoil that yet. But um, 
No, this has been the Shout Football Podcast. My man, Ryan Talbot, making some time. Uh, I always just text him last second and say, hey, can you do a video real quick? And he's like, let's go right now, 15 minutes. So, my man, thank you very much. Uh, we'll have a piece on Harrison Phillips on the site later today. Check that out. Uh, just some great stuff from him uh, today. You can just see it. Um, you know, I'm sure the Bills will put up his whole press conference over at their YouTube page. I would suggest watching it because it was just cool to see. He's a guy that I've seen in the offseason. Uh, went up and did a, a you know a interview with him at the Buffalo store um, earlier this offseason. And you just saw the work that he was putting in. And you, you kind of root for guys like that that are, you know, you know, injuries are a part of the game, but it's something super cool to see. So uh, he's Ryan Talbot. I am Matt Perino. Go subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps us out. Shout a football podcast covering the Buffalo Bills with Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. Um, give us a sub- subscription there. Rate and review. Uh, we'll be doing this a couple times this week. Um, yeah, and we'll be back with John Scott on Wednesday night. My man, thank you so much. Hey, thank you. Talk to you guys soon.